Welcome to Popyak, where we yak about pop culture. This is TJ, and we kind of are coming back from a little bit of a hiatus on the podcast, simply because I needed to put everything in its place. And now that everything is put where it needs to be, I'm back. And we're going to do an Attack on Titan extravaganza, because in my time away, I happened to watch more than a couple episodes of Attack on Titan, and I figured, hey, let's talk about all of them. Let's talk about a big chunk of Attack on Titan, and we can talk about another chunk next time, because there was way more Attack on Titan left than I had assumed of the season. I thought, okay, we got three, three, and then these three. Other things that are going to join the the rotation, I'm going to finish up Falcon and the Winter Soldier before Loki drops, uh, and I'm going to catch up on Invincible, which is one of my very favorite comic books. I'm so excited to watch that show. If you haven't watched it, it's on Amazon Prime, and it's like if Superman but Dragon Ball Z. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Definitely go and watch it. It's another uh, Kirkman joint. So if you like The Walking Dead at the beginning, you will like also the next chunk of episodes. They're done in a way that you can talk about them all at the same time. The Titan folk get visitors from this place that's like not Japan. We promise it's not Japan. It's totally a different place. And they're like, hey, Mikasa, are you Japanese? And she's like, well, that's what I've been told. And they were like, great. Guess what? You're the chosen one. And she's like, what? Look under your chair. And she looks under her chair. And then Oprah just gives her a brand of two swords that I've never seen up till now. They're like, oh, Mikasa's always had that hand bound. Has she? That's something I think I would have noticed. But hey, maybe she has. And I just haven't been paying that close of attention. The only thing that your eyes get drawn to is that red scarf. And maybe that's on purpose. That Maybe that's on purpose character design wise. So just in case he forgot to put this wrap around her hand this whole time, you believe it. You always believe it. But if I remember correctly, I think Mikasa, when she was a kid... You see her in these heavy, like, baggy clothing, so you can't really see her hands. Her fingers were always kind of dangling outside of her little sleeveys, so it was hard to really tell. But, um, not Japan. It's like, hey, we came here to get some resources. You know, you guys have some, uh, vibranium that you use to power those cool things that you fly around with. We want some of that so we can make helicopters. Hey, look, not only are we open to trade, but not Japan is the only place that is okay with you guys being a thing. You guys, because one time we had dealings with your king, he was a cool dude. He never like talked shit about us. You got Marley talking shit about everybody. King Fritz is just like, let me live in peace. I swear to God, that's all I want. The king's peace, please. Just let me have the king's peace. And not Japan respected that. And they're like, you know what? We can open up trade talks and you can actually get on the world stage again as a, as a world power. And you know what you need? First and foremost, to help that. The rumbling. The rumbling is the threat that, I swear to God, if you disrupt my peace, I'm going to have all the Titans come out of my walls and beat the shit out of you. I would love to see a map of the world, the world they live on, considering I thought it was Earth. It's not. They live in totally different countries and all this stuff is different. You know a show is good when I want the world building. Normally, I'm like, get that shit out of my face. We will learn about that at end time. I think the best world building is world building that's woven along with the show. And if you don't do that, and instead just kind of sit here and have a text crawl, God forbid, that's the worst thing you can do. A text crawl to tell you about all of the fucking shit that's coming up. And I, I get that they did that in Star Wars, but even in Star Wars, people got sick of it. Like, in the prequel, they were like, oh, here's some political negotiations. And people were like, I still have time to go get popcorn, I'll be right back. But if the world building is built into the world, and then you got me begging for more, like, please fill my bowl with world building, you did something right. Not Japan knows a lot about the Titans and how things work. Like, Alright, first of all, Historia has to be sacrificed. We gotta give Historia Zeke's Titan. Because Zeke's time is up. Zeke, I think, has one more year. So Zeke's like, look, my time's almost up. I'll give the Beast Titan to Historia, which 
just imagine like a blonde beast titan is pretty hilarious at least to me it's funny the problem is that she's the queen right and they're like look she needs to sire some heirs before she does this because once you become a titan you get a, a limit on how long you live and i was kind of i was kind of like side-eyeing that and going is that the case or are you limiting how long these people live What's the truth? And I thought it was just Marleyans put them out of their misery after a certain amount of time because they, I don't know, maybe they stuck, say stuck as a Titan. They go mindless. I don't want to sit here and believe that you just dropped dead. That's a lame way to go out. I would love for you to go out in a big, you know, explosion of glory. It, or I thought maybe, you know, 12 years or whatever it was, was the amount of time that it took to train up another person to be a Titan or to be ready to receive a Titan. Maybe you, maybe what happens to Annie happens to you. And Annie is smart. She froze herself. She comes out of there. She still got however many years she had when she went into the ice. Historia ain't nowhere to be seen anyway right now. She's kind of in hiding to protect her and her, her children or whatever. She didn't look happy when she was there, by the way. But considering she's like, you know, I'll I'll fucking sit up barefoot and pregnant for the next few for for the next uh, little bit before I take it to tighten on myself. That's cool. I'm down with that. Is out here going, yes, I'm willing to sit here and make these deals with not Japan, even though no one else likes it. Well, nobody else in the Aaron squad anyway. And the Aaron squad kind of disintegrates and it just becomes the trusting Aaron is a little iffy nowadays. He seems to have something up his sleeve that nobody else is talking about. He seems to have something up his sleeve that nobody else is allowed to know. And because intel is actually important right now and there are moles and secrets, they the military can no longer tell the people everything that they're doing and be transparent, which is one of the things they kind of like promised. And now they're like, look, fucking people are, we got people from other islands here. People are leaving the island and coming back. We cannot risk it to tell you guys everything and the people are like that's not fair and it's like the people aren't using their brains they're just using they're just kind of going on emotion where they just like you told us you tell us everything sometimes they got to keep some things from you to keep spies from knowing it if i was hanji i'd lie to the public right about something instead of saying we can't tell you anything i'd give them some bullshit to feed on to put in the papers right so instead of that people are like you know what fuck y'all we're gonna revolt aaron is the one true king He's the one over here fighting for freedom, and then you guys punished him for it. He's willing to do what you ain't willing to do. So the, so the people feel one way about Aaron. The military is starting to feel another way about Aaron because he's not telling everybody his plan. He even grabs fucking Hanji and goes, you know what? I could destroy this whole place from the bottom up, but I'm not doing it. Hmm, I wonder why. She kind of just, eh, you are at that age where, you're, where you want to be touchy-feely. And they kind of chalk that on to them to kind of, I guess, tell the audience, to kind of tell the audience this is the age the characters are. When Armin went down to talk to Annie, he wants to touch the crystal and he gets stopped by, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember her name, but I keep thinking Pidge, Pidge from Voltron. So sure, Pidge was like, what's wrong with y'all? You know, I know you're at that certain age where, you know, you want to touch and feel things. And it's like, I get it. I get it, anime. They're a certain age. You know, I don't need to know that they're going through puberty right now. That's information that's you could have kept to yourself. The fact that he came out and told her kind of like a government secret of, hey, Eldians sometimes are connected. And if I touch her, maybe I can get some information. If I and not even touch her, like, get bent. I can't. There's no curves on this rock. Touching a crystal is not going to do it for him, I don't think. And if it did do it for him, I'm sure Aaron would have made him something, made a crystal to help him. He, he's, he helps his friends no matter what. 
He would have made him something if that's what his thing is. But that's not his thing. Especially when he knows that you're sitting there watching. Unless that's his thing. Honestly, no. I, I ship Armin and um, Aaron. So my heart's breaking that Aaron is kind of betraying the cause. But anyway, back in the day. And by back in the day, I mean a few days before. <laughs> when Not Japan actually visited and they talked about sacrificing Historia. Nobody likes this plan to sacrifice Historia. But especially Aaron. Who is let's fake it let's face it almost everything Aaron is doing is for Historia if, if you're sitting here hoping that Aaron and Mikasa hook up Aaron's in love with Historia that's just the way it is he's not going out of his way to try to protect Mikasa he's going out of his way and breaking several laws and oh man imagine if they had like the war crime the concept of war crimes the way we, we do so many war crimes and hey maybe it's maybe he promised Historia's girlfriend or Historia's ex-girlfriend now she's dead uh, maybe he promised her, look, you know, I'll keep her safe. And he's stuck to that promise. But when he was in the cart and they're talking about, hey, Aaron, who are you going to give your, your quirk to? <laughs> who are you going to who are you gonna make eat your hair and get your quirk, Aaron? And he's like, uh, none of you. They had this this hilarious conversation about how you had to be smart to get it. So that, that counts out about they kept kind of taking each other off of the list. And Aaron pretty much said that, you know, I care about you. And I don't want you to have this burden. So, no, none of you. None of you people in this group. Later on, we see Connie revisiting that um, conversation and saying that was bullshit because he laughed when Sasha died. I don't think he was laughing maliciously when Sasha died. I think he was laughing in disbelief. Kind of like when you have when you have emotions you don't know how to deal with, sometimes you just laugh. Like when you're nervous, you might laugh. I don't think it was malicious because he was also crying. He was like laugh crying. I thought she had plot armor. I'm the fool. Mikasa's wearing the plot armor. Nobody, a lot of people don't even know Sasha's name. They just call her Potato Girl. There's no way she has plot armor on. Come on now. Yeah, in this cart they do, if you guys remember Fullmetal Alchemist, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a scene where Roy Mustang says that it's raining and Hawk, Razor Hawk says, no, it's not. And he goes, yes, it is. That scene, they kind of try to have that moment in the cart where everybody's blushing, but they're like, it, we're no, no, we're not blushing. It's the sunset. And it's a cute moment, but it doesn't hit you in the chest as hard as it's raining hits you in the chest. And they were like, did you like that? Too bad. We're taking it away. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. But I'm enjoying myself. Nope. Connie's going to start questioning everything right now. And Mikasa's going to guess some seeds of doubt put in her head by somebody who's locked up. And Armin's going to question Annie earlier on about Aaron's situation. He's like, is Aaron the baddie? Are we the baddies? So that's gone. I hope you enjoyed your approximately four minutes of having an adorable found family all blushing because they all care about each other this show doesn't give you much to be happy about it that shit it, it giveth and it taketh away immediately armin is having the benefit of the doubt like look shit's popping off and i don't like it i don't trust him either but i want to give him the benefit of the doubt we grew up with him he's my boy um people ship me with him how about I, me and mikasa talk to him he's been pushing that narrative to everybody who will listen but they're all like nope you guys are too important. He might do something stupid. And yeah, he might do something stupid. They are too important. But that's a sound argument. We're going to jump into Deceiver now. This episode's called Deceiver because Gabi and Falco do some heavy deceiving. And mostly this is a lesson for Gabi that she doesn't even get, which is infuriating to me. I would love Gabi to hit, get hit right in the chest with the fact that the people that's been taking care of her this whole episode was actually Sasha's parents. And Sasha saved that girl, and it, Sasha would have been the type of person to save you too, Falco. 
uh, to save you too, Gabi, and to help you in this situation. But no, you shot her in the chest because of your blind rage and the cycle of vengeance. And that's it. That's the episode. <laughs> There's more to it. And I really liked the way they circled this around and said, hey, remember that one girl that Sasha saved that one time? Here she is again. I love getting reintroduced to those characters because it makes those episodes that you thought were fucking pointless actually have some merit. At the beginning of this, I'll give Kabi some credit. She had me dying over here when she, when she pulls a Metal Gear Solid and is like, oh, actually, guard, I'm ill. And the guard's like, you having a seizure? Let me... And the guard comes in to help her and she smashes his fucking head in with a brick because he had the sin of being born the wrong race, I guess. What a way to go out. It's a damn shame. Gabi also tries to cling to her armband because it signifies that she's one of the good Marleans. A lot of this episode, especially where Gabi's explaining why she's a damned heathen, was uncomfortable with a capital U and an echo. It was real uncomfortable to sit there and watch, but it was like, yeah, she's been brainwashed this entire time to believe that she's terrible just because she was born. And because it's brainwashing, she believes it. Her parents believe it, and they drilled it into her head. And now this is what she is feverishly telling this girl. Like, she has to know the truth. We have to know the truth, the viewer. It's killing me inside. Like, okay, it's Oprah, what is the truth, but less condescending and more frantic. Gabi had a rock and was gonna crush this girl's head when she found out she was eavesdropping on their conversation, which she heard more than Gabi thought that she heard. She's like, hey, I can feed you. She heard the conversation was like, oh shit, that girl picked up a large rock. Hearing this, Gabi cast aside her large rock. Sometimes a bowl of stew is, is all that's between you and getting your head fucking destroyed like that guy with the brick. What he should have did was brought them some stew. They do a nice flip-flop here, where I remember saying that Gabi's turning into Eren, where she's becoming a rage monster, right? Even the look in her eyes, like she's the same eyes as Eren. They've given her the same experience as Eren as well. She's living with the people she vowed to kill, all of them. Eren had to live with the Marleans. And the thing is, I think Gabi's reaction is going to be the same as Eren's. I think she is going to also be like, nah, fuck it. I don't care that I live with the people that, you know, have treated me well and I've talked to this girl and I know that they're people. Uh, fuck that. I'm still gonna kill him. I don't give a rat's ass. Because the cycle of violence continues. Reiner said, I gotta do it to him. And then Aaron said, I gotta do it to him. And now Gabi is gonna do it to him. Who's gonna do it to him after Gabi? Probably that blonde girl who got saved. The one that was Gabi's friend. And then the cycle is going to keep going and keep going. Like, watch. The show is going to end, but not the cycle of violence. It never ends. Also, real quick, to finish this episode up, if you did not know, there is an after credit scene here. Definitely go and check it out. The Marleans figured, Zeke's the motherfucker. How about we take his ass down now before he gets his shit together? And the new general there, who was kind of a sympathizer, was like, eh... You know, we'll we'll take six months to get our shit together. And um, Reiner's like, that's what they want us to do is get our shit together. And Reiner has that cycle of vengeance in his eyes again. Aaron fucking rekindled that in him. And also his need to protect Gabi and Falco is something that he, he remembers them calling out to him. And I think that's his new drive is to rescue them. And then afterwards, he's like, great, I can die now. That I got these kids out of the crossfire. Only you didn't, Reiner. You just got them so that they can be used again. Good job. Reiner is the king of good decisions. This episode's called Guides. This is when the political intrigue box opens wide open. I mean, it was open the whole season. The whole episode is politics. And 
normally I'd be like, boo, but I like it in this show. There's a lot of shows. Again, the world building's just so good. Give me them politics. Uh, I mentioned before that Armin tries to touch this, the Annie gem. Pidge was like, hey, don't you fucking do that. It's weird and gross. And I'm telling. He's like, please don't tell. I wasn't even going to do anything freaky. There's some state secrets I'm going to let you in on real quick. And then Pidge says something about Annie being popular and then rescinds that. Like, oh, you're the only one that comes down here. And it's like, listen, you're sending me mixed signals here. Which one? Then the protests happen. Well, the protests have been happening for a little bit now, especially with like the news organizations. And when the news is against you, that's it. It's a wrap. They've been given the name The Aaronists. And I, I hate that name. I, I This is awful. I hate this. This is terrible. <laughs> this is the worst. Uh, I'm trying to think of what can you call them. Titanists? Uh, no, because they just want Aaron. Attack Titanists. Uh, Rumblers. No, they don't know about the rumble. But I like Rumblers a lot. Let's call them Rumblers for now. And we'll workshop it. We'll work on this. Because I absolutely do not like Aaronist. I hate it. I even hate making jokes about it. It's so bad. Anyway. Pixis meets with Yelena, I think her name is. For some reason, she just gives me mellow and or near vibes from Death Note. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the emotionless eyes. Doc Pixis has a talk to her. Because the only way Pixis could get a date is interrogation, which is pretty sad. Come on, Pixis, you're high ranking in the military. You got that sweet jacket with the roses on it. Chicks dig the roses. Some chicks dig the ball head. I mean, like Patrick Stewart is at his age still working it. Maybe it's just he doesn't have time outside work. You know, it's work 24-7, and the he can only meet chicks at work, and, well, it's not very... It's either your subordinates, which is frowned upon, your higher-ups, which is frowned upon, your peers, which is frowned upon, or people you're interrogating, which is also frowned upon. So, I don't know. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. Sorry, Pixis. Speaking of people who are still going at their age, Captain Santa has his weird poop chair brought to his room. And, you know, people just bring it up and go, hey, we have no room for this, nor do we want to see it or smell it any further. We're bringing it here. And he's like, ah, yes, my poop chair, the memories of poop. He has a meeting with Mikasa and Armin, you know, and they're saying, hey, can we talk to him? We can talk to him. We're like his closest friends. And he's like, eh, no. We're already getting some shit with the Aaronists, which... Ugh. we're getting some shit with the rumblers there that's better and we really don't think that it would be wise for you guys to talk to each other as proper military dictates they about face with a huff and storm out of there as in accordance to the rules as possible as soon as they leave the place explodes my first thought was oh shit aaron transformed and they were keeping him stupidly underneath the captain no that's not what happened a bomb was put in his poop chair and now we're free of the poop chair and this freaky freak that uses it. After his monkey ass gets blown up, the crowd actually like erupts in cheers. They're losing their fucking shit. Honestly, I don't blame them. They're not being told anything. Like I said, lie to them at least. There's a reason why the men in black don't tell the, the populace about aliens existing. And it's because they'd freak out. But then also the government doesn't go and say, hey, the men in black exist. Unless they do. I haven't seen the last movie. I don't think that concept gets better than the animated show, honestly. I haven't seen the last two Men in Black movies. After this explosion, which was pretty much a distraction while Aaron escapes, Aaron like pretty much slams his pimp cane on the ground and is like, bitches, my coat. And they bring him the coolest looking coat and we get the shot of the series or of the, the shot of the season that it's all over the posters, it's on all the marketing material of Aaron putting on this coat. It's a cool fucking shot, so I don't blame them. And he's out with his supporters. Yeah, let's just call them Aaron supporters. And they got big plans. What are those plans? Who the hell knows? 
Aaron is an enigma wrapped inside of a puzzle box, wrapped inside of a mystery in the middle of the maze. Pixis was like, look, I don't got time for a civil war. We're not going to start taking apart the military because I understand why they did it. They don't trust us. I'm not dumb. I love Pixis's way of thinking. Did you see, did you not see the, the subtitle to this, to the season? The final season. We don't have time to deal with the civil war on top of the fucking, on top of the Aaron bullshit. Come on, let's get it together. We also see somebody like a beggar on the streets and I'm like, is that the cart Titan? Holy shit, I think it is. When did she smuggle over here? Because they said, hey, give us six months. Nah, get the shit happening right now. How long does it take via boat to travel from from uh, Marley to Paradis? I'm sure they mentioned it, but I probably like wasn't paying attention <laughs> or I was writing notes. I'm going to have to start watching things twice because sometimes I'll look down to take notes. I'll miss an important pivotal five milliseconds of information and that'll throw everything out of whack and then people will be like people are like what are you dumb did you not see the goddamn part where aaron said specifically it takes this long to get here so shit's about to go down and the last few episodes are going to be wrapped up in one big chunk we're gonna have another extravaganza and then we'll move on to falcon and the winter soldier and then we'll jump into uh invincible i'm excited to see stuff hit the fan and it's definitely gonna hit the fan these last three episodes uh predictions that i have Something was spoiled for me, so I can't necessarily make a prediction about the thing that I'm thinking about. Something with Zeke was spoiled for me because people cannot resist making memes right after episodes happen. Historia is going to show up in a big way. Somehow, somewhere, I think Historia is going to show back up in the story. And while the rumbling's happening, she's like, she's Poseidon. The, oh, the Titans tremble before her and she just says, fuck off. And that's it. Everybody chills the fuck out. The Not Japan gets it on film. Probably. Do they have film yet? They have cameras. They take a bunch of pictures, and it goes all over the it goes all over the world that not only is the tight the rumbling happening, it's real, but the queen has total and utter control of the situation. That's it for this week. You can hit me up on Twitter if you want to yell at me for any reason, or find out when these are going up, or if I need to take another hiatus. Probably not for a while. Um, but my Twitter is audio underscore d. That's d e e. If you want to see other anime stuff that I do for fun. You can check out my Tumblr at AudioD. No underscore this time. If you want to check out the memes that I make for these things, you can check them out on Instagram at PoppyactTJ. Definitely tell your friends. Subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your mothers, and tell your papas. Thanks again for hanging out.